Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good to see everybody. Thanks for being here today. Yay! Wow. I'm so glad that you made it, that you're here. It is, uh, it is good to be together in God's presence and to worship him together. I don't know about you, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was enjoying the new song that our team was teaching us, but any other musicians trying to figure out what the time signature of that song was? I, I, is it just me? Anyway, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad to, uh, to, to be doing this series on signal strength. We're talking about prayer. And I'll, I'll start with, with a story. So uh, this past summer, my wife and I got to celebrate our 20th anniversary, and we took the trip of a lifetime. And and part of that trip, I mean, it was a trip literally two decades in the making, but we got to go to Italy. I mean, that was really a dream come true, to go uh, to Italy together. And of course, it, when you're going to Italy, one of the things you probably would join me to dream about is the, the food, the food, the food. You can say it, yeah, the food. And so we, we went with high expectations for what all the food was going to be like everywhere. But we went to this one particular place in uh, the city of Amalfi, and uh, I, I, was, I was looking at the pictures of the pizza that they were serving, and I thought, this is going to be the best pizza I've ever had in my life. And when we went to this place, but it turns out it was um, the kind of restaurant that caters mostly towards uh, just all the tourists. And so it's kind of like get her done kind of pizza, even in Amalfi, Italy. And so I, I was tasting this pizza, and I was expecting to be utterly blown away, but instead it was kind of just routine run-of-the-mill, not what I was expecting in Italy. Do you know what I mean? And I was sitting there thinking, this can't be right. Like, there, there, there has to be more than, than just this kind of bland, flavorless pizza. And, and so I was sitting there in this restaurant in Amalfi, and I'm looking around, and some of the tables, I noticed, had plants on them. And I noticed that the table right there where this couple was just about getting up to leave had a basil plant on it. I thought... Problem solved. So as soon as that couple got up and left, I went over to that table, and I got their plant, and I brought it over, and I changed it out with the plant that was on my table, and I took and picked fresh Italian basil right off the plant, right at the middle of my table, and I fixed that pizza, and I made it real good. I mean, magnifico. It was so good. All it took was a little bit of basil. You didn't didn't appreciate my story at all, but you had to be there. It was my, my, you should have seen the look on my wife's face. She was like, oh, dear God, this is not happening. <laughs> I'm that husband sometimes. But I, I was thinking about this. Like, sometimes you have choices. You know, you can just accept things as they are, and maybe it's a bit status quo, and it's passable, and it's serviceable, and it might be just, you know, sufficient. Or you can sometimes make some choices to get a little bit more flavor into what you're going after. And as I'm talking about prayer today, I want to suggest to you that maybe for some of us, what we need to do is reach over to the other table and grab some of the fresh basil and bring it in. And I'm talking about our our life of prayer, our approach of connecting with God in prayer, and to recognize that maybe we have been simply settling for a certain kind of an approach when, when it comes to praying, when there actually could be something a bit more flavorful. And I'm praying that some of us would 
uh, would grab hold of that flavor today, all right? So I'm going to ask you to take uh, a journey over to the book of Acts with me. So you turn in the book of Acts to Acts chapter 4. And as you're turning to Acts chapter 4, here's, here's the backdrop, right? So you've got uh, Peter, the apostle, and it's roughly five or six weeks after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and about a month and a half after that moment, uh, the apostle Peter and John are, are praying for people and talking about Jesus out in public. And thousands of people are coming to know Jesus. Thousands in Jerusalem. Jewish people, they're turning to Jesus as the Messiah. And one day, James and Peter are going to the temple at three in the afternoon for the afternoon time of prayer. And by the way, I just want you to recognize this. G James and John and Peter, as good Jewish guys, followed that pattern that the Jewish people embraced of praying three times a day. And so he was on his way uh, to the temple for the time of prayer, and there's a guy sitting there by the gate that was called Beautiful, and the guy was paralyzed and couldn't walk, and he asked for money. And Peter said to him, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And the man got up and walked. A man who for decades had never taken a step was suddenly walking. And this miracle happened. And everybody saw it. And, and, and meanwhile, uh, more and more people are starting to believe in Jesus. And the Romans, who were uh, domineering and, and had taken up occupation in Jerusalem, they were afraid of what was happening. It was a kind of a threat to them, to uh, their power. And then also the Jewish religious leaders were looking at what was happening, and it was a threat to them too. And so everybody wanted to just shut it all down. But if I could just mention this, when there's a sense of the movement of the Spirit of God, there is often some kind of a force that wants to come along and shut it all down. And, and that is something that you and I should be aware of, and it is not unique just to Peter and John in the book of Acts. It's something that is part of the spirit of the enemy to come against the people of God. And we, we recognize that that happened, but Peter, it didn't let him stop him. He just kept on going, and he's preaching, and he ultimately finds the high watermark of his preaching when he says these words in Acts 4.11. He says, a stone... Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The, the verse that's on the screen, I want you to read it with me out loud. Go. Sal there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. This is what Peter was preaching. And because of these words... The religious leaders said, we got to lock him up, and they did. They threw him in jail, but they couldn't actually figure out what to punish him for. They recognized, well, he, he did something, and it bothers us, but it's, it's not actually something we can convict him for. And so the next day, uh, they released Peter, but they told him, but here's the thing, you, you must not preach or minister in that name of Jesus anymore. That happened. I mean, that, that spirit of the enemy came against them in that particular way. And so with that, I just want to jump into Acts uh, chapter 4, verse 23. So Acts 4, 23, it said, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John 
returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against this Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel are all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you've anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this, the prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. I'd rather be shook. Would you just say that? I'd rather be shook. That's the title of my message. I'd, I'd rather be shook by the power and presence of God than covered with my own shame. I'd rather be shook by the power and presence of God than settle for the status quo and let things continue to just be passable. I'd rather be shook by the power and presence of God than to simply, uh, simply stay passive and let things become lukewarm. I'd rather be shook. I want you to just say that again. I'd rather be shook. I don't want to make anything up. I don't want to fabricate anything, but I want to make room for the one who does the shaking. I want to make room for the one who does the shaking in my own life, even if that means that sometimes things might get a little uncomfortable. I, I want to make room for the one who does the shaking in my personal approach to God. And that might mean I need to change up some routines and patterns and go to a different kind of a place of expectation for what my prayer life might be. I'd rather be shook by the power and presence of God. So I want to make some room for him to shake me free from things that I've gotten stuck in bondage with. I'd rather be shaken by the power of God. So I want to make room for him to shake me up sometimes. And I'm praying that maybe we could catch this in the scripture. I love this, this particular passage because it gives me a glimpse into the early church. And in this moment in the early church, with Peter having been imprisoned, the pressure's on. And what I recognize in the scripture so often is that when the pressure is on, the prayers are up. And I, I want to follow suit. I want to see what is happening in the scriptures and take my cue from that. Not just from whatever I've gotten used to because of what I've become accustomed to uh, over the years. I want to take my cue from what I read in the Bible. And what I read about is a group of believers who, who came into the presence of God together in such a bold and fiery way that when it was done, the place was shaking. Don't you want something like that at some point in your life? Don't you want to experience something like we read about in the scriptures, where there's something so profound and the power of the Spirit so strong that there's hardly even words to describe it, other than that the place was shook? I'd rather be shook. I'd rather be shook 
than embrace my own sophistication as an idol that I bow before. I would rather be shook by the presence and power of God than to settle for the religious spirit that wants to keep me on lockdown. I would rather that you and I become a body of believers that would embrace being shaken up by God, shaken free from our sin, shaken free from secret patterns of idolatry, shaken free from addictions, shaken free from bondage of the evil one, shaken free from depravity that's got its clutches into us somehow, shaken free from patterns of generational wrong that we're continuing and perpetuating because we haven't allowed the shake to get involved in our lives at a deeper level. I'd rather be shook. I want you to just say it. I'd rather be shook. shook. I'm going to keep on saying that until I hear you say it like you believe it. I'd rather be shook. shook. Okay, somebody wanted me to stop. I get it. (laughs) So I want us to to take notice of this, that the pressure comes on and the prayers go up. And, and I think it's important that we do likewise, that we recognize where there is pressure coming on. And there's pressure coming on at this time, at least in my view, in our political arena with, with for me anyway, disappointing news that, that creates a sense of pressure. What am I going to do with that? Well, what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to lean into the presence of my God. And pray all the more for his righteousness and goodness to yet emerge, yet prevail, yet be seen, yet show up in and through us as his people. As the pressure comes on, I want to allow my prayers to rise up all the more. And I I pray that you and I would catch this in this scripture and go for it. Uh, So I want to jump back in, though, to what they prayed for. In verse 26, they're praying, and they quote Psalm Two, the first couple of verses. They quote it out of context. They quote it without the right theological exegesis and all that good stuff. They just start quoting it randomly, and here it goes. They quote Psalm 2. They say, the kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord, against his Messiah. In fact, this happened here in this very city. So they're, they're taking the scripture while they're praying, and it's describing a certain moment in time in Israel's history, but they take that and they bring it right into their present moment. And that is an example for you and me as well, that we need to do likewise, to sometimes allow the truth that's revealed in the scripture and the hope that emerges there to be brought over into our moments in time. And so they're praying and and praying, uh, and then they start naming names. Verse 27, they said, in fact, this has happened here in this very city. Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, even the people of Israel. I mean, they're not holding back. They're praying even for the specific individuals that have risen up against the name of Jesus. And as they're they're talking about this, they are experiencing revelation from the scriptures, from the word of God. Verse 28 says, but everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. I want you to to, to catch what happens as they pray together. First of all, as they pray together, they engage the scriptures. And as you consider praying together with other believers, 
I want to encourage you to do likewise, to allow some of the words of God's word to reside in your heart so that as you pray, you can bring the scripture in as you pray. Like if we were sitting down together, three or four of us, and, and I were to just ask you, what is one of your all-time favorite scriptures that you just have in your memory? I hope that every single one of us would have a few of those. And if you don't, I want to encourage you to get some. Like maybe this week. And maybe you have to uh, just flip open your Bible randomly in the Psalms until you find a phrase that you say, that's mine. That's manna from heaven for me. That is bread from heaven for me, and I'm going to hold on to it. But I want you, if you, and if you've lost touch with doing this, would you do it again? Because I see an early church that had the word of God just living in them so much that as they started to pray together, whoosh, they couldn't even stop it. Words from the scriptures were pouring out from them. There is spiritual authority in God's word. And if you want to pray with spiritual authority, pray with God's word. So for example, I would hope that probably 75% of us would at least know this scripture. For example, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. And so as you're praying, you begin to say, God, I believe you at your word. You say, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And God, because that is your heart, I believe you for the good plans for my future. Do you see what I'm saying? And for some of you, I know, you already know this, and it's part of how you pray. But I'm talking to somebody for whom developing the, the language and the faculty of praying together is new for you. I want you to take a cue from Scripture. Memorize some of your favorite verses. Let them come through as you're praying. There is power and authority in the Scripture. There's revelation sometimes that comes. Psalm 2, up until this point didn't have that particular meaning. But all of a sudden, they take Psalm 2 and they begin praying, and then it's applied to what's happening right there in Jerusalem. I believe that there are ways in which you are invited to take the scriptures and bring them into your life of prayer as you pray over your moment, even here and even now. And, and in verse 29, they say, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness. Hear their threats and give us. Hear their threats and give us. So, so my, my son, uh, Toby, went off to the Navy. And this happened three weeks ago. And he's just been in boot camp in the Navy for his first couple of weeks. And so for a couple of weeks, it's radio silence. We don't get to hear anything from him. And uh, he made me watch a number of videos uh, before he left that showed me just how terrible it was going to be at boot camp. And, and so I know what's happening week by week because I watched those videos with him. And, and, and I'm sure it's awful. Finally, on Friday this week, we got a handwritten letter from him. That's all we get. And we got this handwritten five-page letter. And he was describing how horrible it is. He's like, I have seven minutes to scarf down my food, and I'm starving all day long. And, and it's all day long, hours upon hours of standing at attention and being insulted and screamed at in my face. <laughs> and there's a part of me as a dad that I hear how, 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 what a struggle this is, how he's struggling. And, and I, I, on one hand, I, kind of, I wish I could take it away. But I can't take it away. And it must not be taken away. Any of you who have been through uh, military training, you understand this better than I do, that what's happening for him in that boot camp is incredibly important. The pressure that's coming upon him is designed to 
to shake him and to shake him free of his comforts and insecurities and whatever else and make him into ultimately a warrior of some kind. And the pressure, it needs to be there. But what I find myself praying for my son is not, oh, God, take away all of the difficulties of boot camp. <laughs> not at all. I mean, actually, you don't want to know what exactly I'm praying, but it might have something to do with, come on, turn the heat up. <laughs> do what I couldn't do. <laughs> but I am praying for my son. God, make him bold. Make him bold. Bold to be able to stand, bold to be able to do his part, bold to be able to go through with it. And that's, as, as a father, a regular earthly father, I, I cannot be praying for the difficulty and pressure just to be taken away. And what I recognize is that the early church, they could have prayed, Father, hear their threats and just make all of our problems go away. But they didn't pray for that, did they? What they prayed for, and they could have said, God, please make all of our problems go away. But instead, what did they pray for? They prayed, God, make us bold. And I think this is one of the most dangerous and awesome prayers that any of us could pray. God, make us bold. For them, it was make us bold to preach your word. And yes, for all of us, that is still true. God, make us bold to preach your word. Is this a time in which God's word needs to be preached? Is this a time in which the salt needs to be out of the salt shaker? Then guess what? You, the other 163 and a half hours of the week, have an opportunity to be that salt sprinkled around in this earth. And it's time to be praying like the early church. God, make us bold to preach your word. In wise ways, in clever ways, sometimes in ways that are that are discreet because of where you are serving and where you work and the kind of enterprise you're leading. But how can you? Let me ask you this. How could boldness change your approach? And, and bold about preaching God's word, but bold generally. God, make us bold. Make us bold in the enterprise that we're leading. Make us bold, God, with creativity for the business that we're about to start or take to a new level. God, make us bold in pursuing healing in the relationships in our family. God, make us bold to get after it and, and go and pursue that next level in our training, in, in the schooling that we need. God, make me bold. Just pray it. God, make me bold. Say it with me. God, make me bold. In the midst of the pressure, in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of this moment, God, make us bold. That's a good prayer. God, give us boldness. So I'll tell you just for a moment about my calling. Somebody asked me recently, when did you experience your calling to ministry? I've had a number of moments that I would say are part of how my calling came, but one of them very poignant, happened when I lived in China. And I was there for two years as, uh, well, discreetly serving our God. And what I got to do in, in part of my work was I got to volunteer at an underground Bible college. And that meant every week I was there with these several hundred students. And they had a chapel. 
And on this one particular Friday night, they had a chapel service. And, and by the way, I just want you to hear this. Uh, I, 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 I despise the, the socialist system, but the people in that country, I love deeply, deeply, deeply. Anyway, I was there in this chapel on a Friday night, and I, I, I was able at that time to speak Chinese at about the level of an 11 or 12-year-old, pretty good. And I, I could understand everything, and, and these students were getting up and praying in that chapel, one after another, and they were praying, God, tomorrow when we go out to the countryside and we begin to share your gospel, and when the police begin to beat us and throw us in jail, give us the strength to still Bring your love. God, tomorrow, when we begin to share the gospel and they be put their cigarettes out on our hands or even on our foreheads, God, give us the boldness to still preach the gospel. And I heard these kinds of prayers being prayed and the whole room. I mean, there, there was one person praying out loud and then hundreds of other people praying also in agreement saying, yes, God. And the effect for me was I, I just fell down on the floor in the back of the room and wept and wept. Because what I was seeing was a church alive with passion, hundreds of people, just voices raised, praying out together, and a few praying louder, and, and the boldness of what they were praying for rocked me from the inside. And as I fell on the floor and just wept, because see, I thought I was going to go over there and be the big bad missionary for the rest of my life, God showed me, he said, look, do you see? I saw. He said, I got my people. But do you see? And I saw, and I felt God speaking to me saying, do you see their passion and boldness to be the church that's on mission? Go home and do likewise. That was my calling. But it was the boldness of these brothers and sisters over there, the boldness to just go after it and not back down. And we think we've we, we think we're fighting uh, persecution. Not even close. Not even close. But we do have a moment unfolding before us where there is a need for believers to rise up with boldness across the board. From the, the pure boldness in sharing Jesus all the way to the boldness of being the kind of leaders in business and in community and in the school and in the hospital and everywhere else that you may be so that you are able to have influence with people who need the flowing in of the power of the gospel of Jesus. Boldness. Praying for boldness changes everything. Verse 30, it, it, it says that they continued praying and saying, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I want, you to, I want you to read this one out loud with me. Ready? Go. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Would you say it one more time? Say it. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I... I thank God for the book of Acts. Keep this on the screen for a minute. I thank God for the book of Acts, which describes the unfolding of our movement, the Church of Jesus Christ. And in our earliest and maybe best iteration, we were people that prayed for this. We were people that said, God, we want your kingdom. We don't want just nice church. 
We want your power, God, to flow. This is the, the church's prayer. God, would you stretch out your hand? Would you stretch out your hand? We don't want to just play a game. God, we need your hand on our lives, your hand that brings comfort, your hand that brings power, your hand that brings breakthrough. God, would you stretch out your hand? I wonder if there are some believers in here that would have some boldness to pray like this again. God, would you stretch out your hand? Would you read it again with me? Read it. Ready? Go. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Miraculous signs and wonders. So the example in the scriptures is for we, the church, to pray for this. What happens throughout the book of Acts is that this happens. God stretches out his hand, and miraculous signs and wonders happen. I know for some of us, this, if God were to really do it, would make us a little nervous. I was actually just having a conversation with my sister this past week, and, and she described how she's learning some things about prophetic ministry and healing ministry. And she said to me, she said, you know, uh, until recently, all of that kind of stuff made me really nervous. You know, I didn't really want to hear about that. And, and in our church, we don't, there's, we don't do any of that kind of stuff. But recently, she said that actually it was her boss in their secular workplace that began sharing about the power, the real power, the prophetic nature of, of kingdom life, and it got hold of my sister's heart. And, and she said, I have an openness to this like never before. And, and it wasn't too long ago that it just made me nervous, and, and it didn't happen, and I was maybe sort of uh, glad it didn't happen. I, I want to say, church, it's time for us to be a church that prays for this and makes room for this, for an expectation and an experience of the hand of God moving and signs and wonders and miraculous things unfolding as a result. So this shaking, in verse 31, it said, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the biblical vision of what God is willing to do among and for his people. But it is the result of a sense of unity among God's people in pursuing his very presence that, that produces this, this kind of an experience of his shaking power. And, and I'm urging you to be the kind of believers that would say, I want to step into that too. Part of how we get there is we get there. I want to go back to verse 24 and share it with you. It says, Again, in verse 24, it said, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices in prayer to God. I want you to just read just that part uh, out loud. Ready? Go. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices in prayer to God. How many of them? All of them. All of the believers lifted their voices in prayer to God. I want to challenge you, individual believers, to step up to the plate. And what follows that we just plowed through together was, you know, they're quoting Psalm 2 and raising their voices, and it said all of the believers, and we got some kind of a summary of the kind of things that they were praying. But there was a moment when all of the believers, all of them, went for it, and none of them were caught up in their own sophistication or their complacency that might have held them back from just going for it. 
So I want to invite you to do likewise. Maybe you need to change the settings. A couple of years ago, uh, we moved into a, 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 another house on the other side of town here. And when we got uh, settled in our new house, I recognized that my phone didn't work in my new neighborhood. I had a, a, you know, a Sprint phone, and for whatever reason, my neighborhood was a dead zone. I had one bar. I had to literally go outside and up the street to make a phone call. And obviously, we don't have landlines anymore, so that's my phone. It was kind of a, it was kind of a, a, a struggle, and I was wondering what in the world I should do about it. I called, uh, I called Sprint, and the person on the uh, other end of the, the phone call said, yeah, there's an easy solution for this. Do you have Wi-Fi at your house? Yes. Okay, you're going to go into your settings on your phone, and you're going to turn on something called Wi-Fi calling. How many bars of Wi-Fi signal do you have at your house? All of them. All of the bars have good Wi-Fi. That's not the problem. She said, well, this is going to be your problem solved. And I changed the settings, and suddenly, all of my calls are 100% amazing connection, full strength, full signal. Why? Because I changed the settings. I could have settled for the one bar, walk out the front door to get enough signal madness. I could have settled for that. And it actually worked. It was lame, but it worked. You can never utter another prayer out loud for the rest of your life and be welcomed for all eternity into heaven in the arms of your heavenly father. By his grace. Personally, I think that might be a little lame. And maybe it's time to change the settings. Change the settings. Just maybe internally you decide, you know what? Praying out loud with other believers seems to be a biblical thing. And I have gotten caught up in a familiarity of just, just kind of being stoic and quiet while everybody else prayed and I'm going to change the settings. I'm going to decide I'm going to be a person who makes room for the shaking of God. And part of how that happens is my engaging in the praying that gets us there. So I want us to do that today, uh, to actually make some room for our God. And so I want us to just take a moment and be in God's presence and, and not rush out of this time, but to just be in God's presence together. And to do the making room that needs to happen. So in order to make some room for God to move, maybe you need to, maybe you need to lay down your complacency about prayer. Like the thought that, ah, it just doesn't matter. Or maybe you need to lay down your um, familiar patterns about prayer, like this is the way I do it and that's the way it's always been done. It's the way I heard my grandma pray, like whatever. Maybe you need to lay that down and just decide, no, God, I want more of you. And so I'm gonna change the settings even in how I approach prayer. We wanna make room for him. Would you just take a moment and just lead us for a moment and sing?
I want to ask you to stand up together and we're making a, a simple declaration to the Lord of what, what we're going to do. And we're hoping that as we make room for Him, that He's welcome to begin to shake us up the way we need shaking from Him. Let's just make this declaration together. Ask Him to come through. while we're praying together, what I want to challenge you to do is to be a church that would lift your voice all together at the same time. And I'm praying it would get a little noisy. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to throw something up on the screen right now, and it's a simple prompt of a way that we can all be in agreement as we pray together. And so we're going to begin uh, by simply praising God for who He is. So you're going to take 25 seconds right now, and all of us together open our mouths to praise God for who he is as your provider, your strength, your shield, your defender, whatever it is. 25 seconds, praise God for who he is. Right now, go ahead and pray. Lift your praise up to him. Praise him for who he is. God, my shield, my defender, lover of my soul, the one who secured my salvation. Come on, lift your voice. Let it be loud for a moment. God, you have shown yourself faithful, true, constant, awesome and good, noble, perfect in all your ways. I praise you, God. Praise you, God, creator of the heavens and the earth. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. All right. Now we're going to take 20 seconds and thank God for what he's done. And so take 20 seconds and you figure it out. What has he done for you? Lift your voice. Come on, change the settings. Open your mouth and thank him. Just say, God, I thank you for it. Thank him for something. Come on, church, raise your voice. Feel free to lift your voice in this moment. God, thank you for showing your faithfulness to me. God, thank you for pouring out grace on my life. God, thank you for your provision for my family. God, thank you for protection. Come on, church, lift your voice. It's your choice. It's your choice. Thank you, God, for showing goodness in so many ways I can't even count. I thank you. And now we're going to take a 
a half a minute and just ask him. Ask God for blessing and help in your family or the family of someone you know. Ready? Ask him for help and blessing in families. Ready? Go. 20 seconds. Just ask him for his help in families. Ask God, we're asking for help that you would help every family who is struggling. God, that you would help every single family who is fighting to find the peace of Jesus. We pray for every single family, God, to experience restoration where it's needed. God, for repair in broken relationships. We pray, God, for blessing of prodigals coming on home. Come on, lift your voice. Don't let it just be a few of us. Try it out. See what it's like to just lift your voice with boldness. Lord, help us where we need it in our families. Lord, help us where we need it in our families. Now take 20 seconds and ask God for his blessing and help with your work. With your work or your your spouse's work or your kid's work. Pray for work. Go ahead, lift your voice. All the way in the back, outside, lift your voice. Pray. Lift your voice in prayer, church. God, I'm praying that you would pour out your help and blessing in our work. Every single person who leads a business, God, I pray for favor and strategy. Everybody who works in real estate, God, I pray for favor and health and strategy for this season. God, for others who are working in construction, God, I pray for physical stamina to keep on showing up. God, I pray for those who own businesses, Lord, for favor to get the right kinds of deals coming through and to not get the deals that would get them burned. God, we pray. come on, lift your voice. Doesn't work matter. Pray for somebody else's work, if not your own. God, help me with my work. Now take a moment, ask God for his help and his blessing in your physical body. Take 20 seconds right now. Ask him for his help and blessing in your physical body. Ask him for it. Go ahead, lift your voice, church. Just say, God, help me in my physical body. God, bring your healing to this disease that has gotten a hold of me. God, bring your your blessing into my physical body that I'd stay strong. Come on, lift your voice. Don't lose your stamina. Stay in this moment. Cry out to him. God, I need your touch on my physical body. Sustain me all the days of my life with good health. I won't take it for granted. God, I'm asking for your touch on my knees. God, I'm asking for your touch on my hands and my muscles. God, I'm asking you to help me to make great choices of what I put into my body. Help me, God. Come on, ask him. Church, pray. Now let's take 20 seconds and ask God to give us victory over the devil. Wherever the devil has thrown an attack, let's ask God for victory. Go ahead, lift your voice. You lift your voice right where you're standing. With one voice, they all prayed. They all prayed, the Bible said. So pray. God, would you give us victory over the schemes of the devil? Everywhere the devil is trying to attack anybody in this church, I declare a covering in the mighty name of Jesus. For every single believer who's experiencing affliction, I pray, God, that you would bring deliverance, God. That you would set the captive free and that every curse and hex would be broken and that every son or daughter of the Most High God would live in the freedom that you purchased by the blood that you shed. Jesus, Jesus, victory. Now take 20 seconds and just praise God for his presence in your life. Take 20 seconds and pray, praising God for his presence to you. Just lift your voice right where you are. Lift your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in my life. You've never left me. You've never forsaken me. You're always there. I will not take that for granted. Thank you, God. 
church, this is, this is us praying. And I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit of shaking. And I want to just say, God, thank you for the shaking. I don't want to settle. I don't want to just settle for a status quo. I want the shaking, don't you? I want the experience of the holy to grip me. And so to, to experience that, I'm saying, God, here is all of me. And, and I will open my voice and I will make myself present to you. I have living inside of me Christ, the hope of glory. The one who's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He lives in you. So that boldness you're praying for, it's as native to you as the air you're breathing. So come on. Don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs.
we're praying, listen, there, there are so many of us that know and love the Lord, Jesus, because he's poured out mercy and grace on our lives and we know there's nothing better. But I also know that there are some of us that are just here trying to figure things out, put the pieces together. Can I remind you of a scripture that we looked at a few minutes ago? At the beginning of Acts chapter 4, verse 11, uh, it, it was these words that there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus. And, and if you have never asked Jesus to forgive your sins and save your life, there would be nothing better that you could do than to ask him to forgive you and save you. And so, Father, I pray even right now for an awakening for somebody uh, that once and for all, the awakening to the, the need for salvation would happen right now. And by the power of your spirit, that somebody, we just simply become aware of how much we need to be saved, our sin to be forgiven, and the hope of heaven to come. And as we're standing and praying together, if you're standing here and saying, I want that, I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. I want that gift of salvation. I want to ask Jesus to save me. Right now, I want you to raise your hand with me really high. Just raise it up and don't hold back. Just keep it up for a minute. In the middle over here, anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Somebody's praising, and I don't know if you're getting saved or praising, but I think you're praising. But just take a moment, those of you with a hand raised, and just simply say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Would you forgive my sin and save my life? Jesus, I believe that you conquered death. You died in my place and conquered death so that I could really live. And I'm asking for this gift of new life now. And I receive it by faith because of the grace you've given me. Jesus, thank you that I belong to you from this moment on. Yours forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One more time, sing, I throw up my hands. So I throw my hands, praise you again and again. Thank you that we get to be a church that prays. Thank you for shaking us up a little. And we pray for even more in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Our prayer team will be up front. If you need prayer, let somebody pray with you. Otherwise, high five somebody before you leave.